Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. I'm Christine, your host. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We continue with our series on Only Jesus. Here's Christine Geshom with today's message. Many years ago, the Israelites made a demand for a king. This was the response that they got. Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking him for a king. He said, "This is what the king who will reign over you will claim as his rights. He will take your sons and make them serve with his chariots and horses, and they will run in front of his chariots. Some he will assign to be commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties, and others to plow his ground and reap his harvest, and still others to make weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers." He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his attendants. He will take a tenth of your grain and of your vintage and give it to his officials and attendants. Your male and female servants and the best of your cattle and donkeys he will take for his own use. He will take a tenth of your flocks and you yourselves will become his slaves. When that day comes, you will cry out for relief from the king you have chosen, but the Lord will not answer you in that day. This Palm Sunday we celebrate our King Jesus who is a very different kind of king. This is how your king will love you. He will give your sons and daughters blessings upon blessings as a reward for your faithfulness. He will raise wise and just leaders from amongst you and train them up to influence many. He will train your hands for war and make you battle ready. He will take your sons and daughters and use them as world changers and culture formers. He will come with you as you head into your fields of work, your vineyards of labor and help you sow, reap and harvest much. He will take you into wide open pastures where you will find rest and peace. He will take what you willingly give him and bless you in more ways than you can imagine. You will cry out to him and he will always hear you. He will answer when you call. This is Jesus, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, meek, lowly and all-powerful. My joy and privilege to bring the word of God to you today. Um as you know, this is Palm Sunday and we're looking at the Only Jesus series again and we're looking at Jesus as the one true king. And um as always, we're going to get into the Lumo project to get a more visual experience of the scripture. So let's begin with Matthew 21 verses 1 to 11 on the Lumo project. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, "Hosanna to the son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven!" When Jesus entered Jerusalem, 
The whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. So as we just watched on the Lumo project, as these scriptures came alive to us, um, if you noticed, it was Jesus coming in lowly and meek on a donkey into the city of Jerusalem. And, and it's interesting because most um, monarchs, most royalty would ride in on horses depicting, um, you know, sovereignty and de depicting power. But Jesus comes in on a lowly donkey, a, a, a fool, and he, he enters the city surrounded by the people of Jerusalem screaming and shouting Hosanna and the word Hosanna means save us. The people were looking for someone who would change their political scenario. But Jesus was saying, hey, I've come to change more than that. I've come to change the spiritual environment. And so that's what the entire premise of the triumphal entry is. And that's what we celebrate on Palm Sunday. But as I was studying this passage, a lot of things came alive to me from the Gospels as a whole. And I just want to leave with you three things about who Jesus is today. King Jesus, first of all, was a creator king. I want us to look at this passage in the Lumo Project again, Matthew 14, verses 22 to 33. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and, beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me! Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So if you noticed, um, this was Jesus walking on the water. And if, as if that's not miraculous enough, he climbs into the boat and then he calms the winds and the waves. And this seems to be something he does normally. And the more you think about it, it was basically the creator and the created just mingling at that moment. Jesus created the heavens and the earth. He created the waters. He created everything that was around. So it only made sense that Jesus would walk on the water that he created, that he would calm the winds and the waves that he created. And so um, this is a demonstration of Jesus' power 
over nature, over all of creation. So I want to ask you today, is there areas of your life, are there areas of your life where you feel you lack creativity? Maybe there are places in your business where you need that one God idea to pick it up. Maybe there's something in your studies where you need a breath of fresh air. Can I encourage you that he is the creator God. This king is a creator king. He loves you. He created things for you, for your enjoyment, for your benefit. So I pray that you will seek deep, that you will look deep to find what this creator king has for you. The second kind of a king that he is, he's a servant king. If we look at John chapter 13 verses 1 to 5 on the Lumo project, I'll explain this to you. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel round his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped round him. So this, this scene has been repeated, it's been talked about so much around the world where Jesus washes the feet of his disciples. Now, if you're like me, if you're a germaphobe, if, if you have a problem with uh, dirt and things like that, this would seem completely um, crazy to you. But look at Jesus, he's washing the feet of 12 adult men who walked around the hills and the rugged plains of Galilee with just bare sandals. So their feet must have been a sight. Jesus is sitting at their feet. He's washing every one of their feet. And what's worse, he's washing one of the guys who will eventually betray him. It's funny because I'm a mother of three and um, it's very easy to serve the, the children who are amenable and easy to manage. But serving the child who's always um, opposing us or doing something that is upsetting us is very difficult. But look at Jesus. He actually went the extra mile and washed Judas's feet. That's what a servant king does. It's, it's almost unheard of for a king to bow down to that lowly level. And the very fact that Jesus came in on a donkey, riding into the city, showing people that he was just one of them, yet he was king. So I want to ask you today, are you lacking in leadership skills? Do you feel you don't have a following? You don't have influence? Or maybe your pride is getting the better of you in your leadership. I think it's time you come to this servant king. Only he can help you be a better leader. Only he can help you to lead and serve and love your people. The third kind of king that Jesus was, was that he was a savior king. We're going to look at this um, very, very, very interesting passage from Mark chapter 5 verses 1 to 20 on the Lumo project right now. And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, Immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. 
And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith, Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about two thousand and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coasts. And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Albeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed, and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. So all of us have heard of this passage, all of us have read it. And you see here how Jesus delivers a man whose life was completely almost over. I mean, imagine this guy didn't wear clothes, ran around in the tombs, uh, was completely out of his mind. But Jesus touches him. At the end of it, he's seated well-dressed right beside Jesus, listening to him. And then eventually he wants to come away with Jesus. But Jesus says, go and tell your people what I've done. He was probably the first evangelist sent by Jesus himself into that area. That's what Jesus does. He's the only king who can save us. Whatever said and done, you know, of all the kings that have ever ruled in history, no king could save the people of his land. I'm reminded of the Old Testament story of Naaman, who was a Syrian general, and he suffered from leprosy. So he had a little servant girl in his household who said, if you come to one of the prophets of Israel, he can heal you. And he, she was talking about Elisha. And so he got a letter from his king and he went into Israel and he met the Israelite uh, king at the time. The king reads the letter and tore his robes, it says. Um, talk about a drama king. He tore his clothes and he said, I don't have a clue what you want of me. I can't do anything for you. I can't help you. I can't heal you. And that's when he was directed to Elisha the prophet who lived a little distance away. The point here is this. 
kings of the earth can't save us as much as they may care for their people they cannot save their people only jesus could do this only the savior king could do this i want to remind you if you need healing today you need restoration you need deliverance from something spiritual you need help can come in for you only jesus the savior king can come in for you what is the one thing that is ruling your life today can you honestly say it's only jesus who rules my life or is there some other thing that takes up that place of priority the way i picture it is if we had a throne room in our life jesus has to be seated on that throne but a lot of times jesus is given this bean bag and pushed to the corner and on that throne fear sits intimidation sits obligation religious obligation sits on that throne guilt pride and addiction sickness so many things take that throne but today it's time that we put jesus back in that number one seat jesus belongs on the throne is jesus ruling your life so the question today remains why do we need king jesus in our lives number one we need king jesus because he's the source of all power and all authority if you if you look at his life he operated under a incredible amount of power and authority he would speak to demons he would shut them up he would drive them out he would raise people who are dead to life as if it was just you know making toast this was his life he he prayed in the nights and through the day he walked with power the the holy spirit's power was upon him he walked with this power and authority oozing out of him in fact so many times in the scriptures it says the the power of god was in that room to heal people and so that was the kind of power jesus walked walked around with the authority he had he had authority over demons he had authority over sickness of all kind he had had authority over death and today we have access to that power you don't believe me let's look at luke chapter 9 verse 1 It says when Jesus had called the 12 together he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. Luke 10 verse 19 says I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy nothing will harm you. These passages are proof that we have all power and authority the kind of power and authority that Jesus had is now given to us if only King Jesus ruled in our lives. If only Jesus had that rightful place in our lives. So often we live powerlessly. We live as if we have no power. We live as if that addiction is going to get the better of us. We live as if we cannot mend this relationship because we we are powerless. But the truth is today in Jesus name you have power. You have authority. You have the authority to claim victory over the situation you're in. You have you have the power of Jesus in your life. to work on your marriage you have the power of jesus in you to pray over that wayward child you have all the power in the world because of jesus in your life so claim that power claim that authority does it mean that because we have this power and authority we will have no struggles i beg to differ we are going to have a lot of struggles life is going to throw curveballs at us sickness um setbacks opposition we're going to face all kinds of things but the truth is when you walk in that power and authority You have this grace, you have a supernatural grace to handle the things that come at you. You have the ability to overcome the struggles and you come out victorious. That only happens because of Jesus's power and authority in your life. The second thing is King Jesus had a kingdom assignment. If you look at Luke chapter 4 verses 18 to 21, we get a glimpse of what that assignment was really about. He came to Nazareth where he had been reared. As he always did on the Sabbath, he went to the meeting place. 
When he stood up to read, he was handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it was written, God's spirit is on me. He's chosen me to preach the message of good news to the poor. Sent me to announce pardon to prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind. To set the burdened and battered free, to announce this is God's year to act. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the assistant and sat down. Every eye in the place was on him intent. Then he started in, you've just heard scripture make history. It came true just now in this place. Jesus really knows how to make a statement. What he was saying was, this is my kingdom assignment. This is why I have come to earth. And I believe that each one of us who know Jesus, who love him, who have his rule and reign in our life, have a kingdom assignment as well. I don't know what your kingdom assignment is. I don't know if you have discovered it yet, but I want to encourage you during this time when you're just at home, you have more time on your hands. Seek God about what your kingdom assignment is. Very often you will discover that the kingdom assignment is something that your heart is soft towards. It's something that you you tend to feel more for, that you pray more for. For some of us, it's the fact that there are so many who are abused in the country and they need help. Maybe you have a soft heart towards the plight of the oppressed. Maybe you care for the destitute. Maybe you believe in, in reaching out to women and children in need. I don't know what your softness of your heart is towards. But oftentimes, that's an indication of what your potential kingdom assignment is. And I want to encourage you, kingdom assignment doesn't mean you quit your job and go on to a mission field. It doesn't mean you quit your job and join a church. It means you stay where you are at. It means you fulfill the call of God in the place that he has placed you. So maybe you're a teacher today. Maybe you're a lecturer. Can you love your children to the best of your ability? Can you teach them lots more than textbooks can teach? Can you teach teach them impartially? Can you love them as if they're all the same? Maybe you're a doctor, maybe you're a nurse, maybe you're a physiotherapist, whatever you are. Can you treat your patients with the utmost care and dignity? Maybe you're just a, a simple daily wage worker, I don't know. Maybe you're a freelancer. Can you do your work with such excellence that you demonstrate the kingdom of God to those you meet? Maybe you're a manager, maybe you're a CEO. Can you treat your team with care? Can you treat them justly? Can you pay those in your business right, right on time? These are the things where king, the kingdom of God comes down. Those are the times when Jesus is made evident to those in our lives. The kingdom of God has an assignment for each of us. Jesus the king has a kingdom assignment for you. And it's up to us to lean in and to ask him, Lord, show me that assignment. What is the assignment you have for me? I just want us to remember that we have been created uniquely, each one of us with different skills, different abilities, and we were created for impact. And that kingdom assignment is meant for that. We were created to impact the world in some way, big or small. I pray that you will discover what your kingdom assignment is today. Finally, King Jesus operated with the Holy Spirit's anointing on him. Matthew 3 verses 11 to 12 says, I'm baptizing you here in the river, turning your old life in for a kingdom life. The real action comes next. The main character in this drama compared to him, I'm a mere stagehand, will ignite the kingdom life within you, a fire within you, the Holy Spirit within you, changing you from the inside out. He's going to clean house, make a clean sweep of your lives. He'll place everything true in its proper place before God. Everything false he'll put out with the trash to be burned. 
such a powerful thing of what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit is like a fire who cleanses us. So John here was baptizing people at the river Jordan and people were coming to him. They were repenting and they were getting baptized. But G John is saying, hey, I'm not the big deal. Jesus is the main guy. You need to keep your eyes on him because he is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He's going to change your lives in so many more ways. And so that Holy Spirit anointing was what Jesus op operated on earth with. He couldn't have done it without the Holy Spirit's anointing on his life. And similarly, you know, all the talk we just did about Jesus ruling in our life, all of the kingdom work that we need to do, it is impossible without the Holy Spirit's help. We will not know the will of God until we are in touch with the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God has to fill our lives. He has to burn away all that is wrong, all that is ungodly in us. And then He reveals to us the purposes of God. He reveals it to us through God's Word. He brings alive things to us. He reminds us of things we have been taught in the past. And then also He reveals things through dreams and visions and through people. So the thing about this is we need the Holy Spirit. Everything else we have spoken about today, it boils down to this, without the Holy Spirit, all of what we were talking about, all of the kingdom assignment and, and allowing Jesus on that primary place in our lives, all of that would have no value unless the Holy Spirit was in the mix. He needs to be invited in. He needs to be there so that he gives us wisdom for every task. He shows us things which we can't see with our physical eyes. He helps us understand things with, our, with a deeper understanding. Maybe you're someone who is... You know, you just call your job a dead-end job. Maybe you feel like you're just stuck in a corporate uh, regime. Maybe you, you're a, a, a homemaker who just feels like your life is just never-ending with laundry and children and this and that. I don't know what your story is. But I know this, that the Holy Spirit brings fresh inspiration. The Holy Spirit anoints us afresh for the tasks ahead of us. So I ask that today, as you sit before this and as you're watching this, that you will take a minute to ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life. Only He can bring freshness in what looks dull and dormant. Maybe you've lost a job. Maybe your job is hanging on a very, very uh, shaky balance. I don't know. But I can tell you this. This time is not wasted. The Holy Spirit can give you a revelation of what He wants you to do next. I was having a, a talk with one of my mentors this week and she asked me this very interesting question. She said, um, what is your plan for the next 21 days? So I said, basically... Um, maintain my sanity, uh, clean the house, uh, learn some Indian cooking, um, yeah, and not lose it. So sanity was my biggest thing that I was talking about. But she said, no, I'm not talking about your regular routine. I want you to think about what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life in the next 21 days. So I said, what do you mean? She said, there may be some talents, there may be some giftings that are hidden that he could bring out during this time. So why don't you seek God for that, she said. And I want to put the same challenge out to you because I'm going to try it out. What if during this lockdown, it's an intentional time and the Holy Spirit wants to reveal things to us. What if our kingdom assignments are on the other side of this lockdown? This would be a good time to really lean in and ask God, Lord, help me. Holy Spirit, show me what that is. So I urge you today that you will remember, first of all, that King Jesus is the source of all power and authority. So that authority and power is made available to you only through Jesus. And if you walk with him, if he's the center of your life, that power and authority is made manifest in your life as well. So nothing, no, no kind of addiction, no kind of setback, no kind of obstacle can keep you down because you will keep rising up victoriously because of that power and authority that you have in Jesus' name. The second thing is that 
you would have a kingdom assignment. Jesus had a kingdom assignment. How much more do we need a kingdom assignment? King Jesus operated with the Holy Spirit's anointing on his life. If he needed that anointing, how much more do we? So I just want to pray for you today. If you are struggling with things that are ruling your life rather than just Jesus ruling your life, I want to pray for you especially. Um, also that you would discover what that kingdom assignment is. And finally, that the Holy Spirit will be the one who guides you into all truth. Father, we just thank and praise you for this time. I thank you, Jesus, that you are the king of all the universe. I thank you that you are the king of our lives. I pray that if anyone who is watching right now needs you to be the ruler in their life, needs to be under your authority, that Lord, you will convict them at this moment, that they will accept you to be Lord and Savior of their entire lives, no exceptions. I pray, O oh Father, that you will meet every need, that you will burn away all that has to go, that you will restore them, you will revive them and refresh them. Father, I pray for each one of us who need to know what our kingdom assignment is. I pray in Jesus' name that you will re release revelation, that you will show them, you will direct them from your word and through the mouths of godly people, that you will show them exactly what they must do, Father. Lead them and guide them every step of the way. Father, we pray very specially for a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit. I pray that you will pour yourself out on us. That, Lord, we will operate with a fresh anointing. We don't want the old stuff, Lord. We want the new. We want the freshness of the Holy Spirit to fall upon us. Fire of God, I pray that you would consume us. That we would be on fire for you, Lord. I pray that, Lord, we will walk with the power and authority that comes from you, Jesus. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to weazion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus, finds life.